Please, um, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and if you want to, you can also put a finger in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll be looking at both of those passages this morning. Uh, If you've been here, then you know for the last few weeks we've been looking at and asking uh, what makes West Bowles, West Bowles. Um, We know um, that uh, other than uh, we always go to church during blizzards, we know that one thing that makes West Bowles, West Bowles is that we're here to love God and love others. It's kind of hard to forget that uh, every time you come into the sanctuary. But if we drill down deeper into that, what it means to love God and love others, what does that look like? And what does that look like specifically at our lowercase c local church that we call West Bowles? And on a day that uh, we're coming around the Lord's Supper and celebrating communion, um, I want to continue this morning uh, where we left off, uh, talking about uh, being a church, being a place where people find community, which we defined last week as meaningful relationships. West Bowles needs to be a place that continues to be a place where people can come and they can find meaningful relationships. Now, to help, um, to help set the stage uh, for the message this morning, I, I have a quiz for you. And um, I'll ask you to raise your hands in a minute. You took all this time to come here, so it's going to be interactive, okay? Um, but first think about it before you raise your hand. And here's the question I want you to think about. If you're married, or if you're dating or seeing someone, or if you've ever dated, okay, pick, pick a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you've had, um, if you haven't dated, imagine what he or she will be like. So everyone, right? And ask yourself this question. Are, are they the same as you, or are they different? And um, well, we were going to have the love connection game tonight, but uh, l- let me ask that question in the form of, um, a, a, of a love and marriage or the love connection form of the question. Or how many of you remember the newlywed game? Yeah, this is how they would ask the question, right? It goes something like this. When you make whoopee with your spouse, oh, no, that's the wrong question. Now, here's the real question. Is your relationship with your guy or gal, is your relationship overall an example of birds of a feather flock together, or is it an example of opposites attract? And uh, I know, because I feel it too, and because uh, I'm a Western Greek thinker, I want more information and I want to protest to that question. It depends. Right? We need more information. But sorry, that's the question you're stuck with. Just in your best understanding of the English language and your significant other, not necessarily in that order, how would you answer the question about uh, your guy or your gal? Are you a gal? Are you examples of uh, birds of a feather flocked together? Or are you an example of opposites attract? Okay, it's time now to vote. So how many birds of a feather out there? Raise your hands up high and wave them so I can see them. Okay, you know, there's a few. How many, how many examples of opposites attract? Whoa! Yeah, same thing in the morning service. Yeah, and, oh, look, there's a, the, a few couples answer differently. 
It's going to make uh, for an interesting ride home from church this morning, I'm sure. Um, most of us, opposites attract. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, we'll come back to that. But uh, hopefully by now your Bibles are open to Ephesians chapter 4. There is no passage in all the Bible, in my opinion, that um, is more descriptive of the church in action than Ephesians 4, the first 16 verses. There's lots of good ones, but no one more descriptive. Let's see what the Apostle Paul says about uh, the church in action as we discuss uh, West Bowles being a place where people can find community. I'm beginning reading at verse 1. Paul says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's a beautiful passage of the church in action, isn't it? One of its features that um, I can't help but mention is it's written as a chiasm. And if you've been here any length of time, you know I kind of like chiasms. To remind you, uh, or if you don't know what a chiasm is, a chiasm is a form of repetition that biblical authors often use intentionally to try to highlight something. It's sort of the ancient form of bold italics or underline, okay? And so when an author uses a chiasm, the intended emphasis, the primary emphasis, is what's found in the middle. That's center stage. And as you can see on the screen, in our passage this morning, it's grace at the center of the life of the church. And interestingly enough, in this context, not grace in terms of the gift of salvation, although that's there, but in this context, the grace in the life of the church that's being talked about, I've listed it as grace-given gifts. That's center stage. And, and by the way, when we're talking about grace-given gifts, there is a word in Greek that means grace-given. Does anyone know what the Greek word is for grace-given? doesn't surprise me just because I wouldn't, and not just because I wouldn't expect you to know Greek, but it doesn't surprise me because this word has drifted so far from its biblical meaning. The Greek word for grace given is charisma. 
Charis is grace. And the ma portion or suffix is has been given or given. So charisma means grace given. And so charismatic gifts are literally grace-given gifts, given to us by the grace of God. Any gift, not just the more spectacular gifts. And then, since we're on the topic, what makes those grace-given gifts spiritual gifts is when we use those charismatic, those grace-given gifts in service of God and others, then they're spiritual gifts. There's a brief lesson, at least, on charismatic and spiritual gifts this morning. So, so grace gifts are at the center of this passage in Ephesians and are at the center of uh, Paul's powerful summary of what happens in church. Of secondary importance in the chiasm is what the chiasm begins and ends with, and that's love. And we shouldn't be surprised to find love there, bracketing grace and unity. And when we add that third point of unity, here's a summary statement of this seminal passage in Ephesians 4, a summary of the church in action, a summary of what Paul is urging the church in Ephesus and us this morning to do. It goes something like this. Use your grace gifts in love in Christian community. I urge you to do this, Paul says. Use your grace gifts in love in Christian community or in Christian unity. And if we want to know what the basis for this loving unity of believers is, the basis for this calm unity that we call church, Paul bases our unity on those seven ones. And I, no coincidence, again, in my opinion, that it's seven. Someone picks a series of seven in the Bible, it almost always shouts, God, that's his number from creation. The basis of that grace-given, loving community what unifies us, what forms the unity of the, uh, of the church is that we're one body, we have one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of us all. That's it. That's what unifies us. And no other differences, no other differences can pry or should be able to pry that unity apart. That unity binds us together as we love on one another with our grace gifts. And in short, this morning, West Bowles is a place, so help me God, I so want her to be a place, I hope you do too. We need to be a place where people can find that kind of community. Where every person can use their grace gifts to love each other in Christian unity. And when we do that, do you know what? When we do that, we're a charismatic church. Maybe not in today's use of that term, but in the biblical use of that term, in my opinion, we're a charismatic church. And we don't need to broadcast that or it could be misunderstood. Just show people. Show them 
How do you show them that you're a charismatic church? By inviting them into our unity, our community in Christ, and loving on them with our grace gifts. And so like Paul with the church in Ephesus, let me urge you, my brothers and sisters of West Bowles, please use your grace gifts in love in Christian community. Will you please? And help continue to make this a place where evermore that happens here. Second, did you notice? You saw it in Ephesians. We'll see it much more in a second in 1 Corinthians. We all have a role to play. One body, but many parts, Paul says. Each one of us. He especially drives this home in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you've turned there, please. I'll begin reading at verse 12, where Paul gets into more detail with his famous illustration of the church as, as a body. In fact, um, every time I read this passage, I, I, I smile a little bit because... Um, I like to write things too, and every once in a while you read something, you suspect that an author has fallen in love uh, with their own illustration. And I suspect Paul really had it going here um, with his illustration. See what you think. Paul writes, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And here's where Paul starts to fall in love with his illustration. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason start being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? If the whole body were a nose, oh, he must have edited that out. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the bodies that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no such special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, Every part suffers with it. If one part's honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Do we get the idea that everyone's a part of it? <laughs> you know, this, um, this unity and diversity um, here at West Bowles, it's one of the things that I cherish uh, most about you most about our church. I've been a part of maybe five churches in my life. And uh, 
I've never been to a place that has greater diversity on more issues here. What, what a motley crew of sinners saved by grace we are. And not sinners, but sinners saved by grace. Big difference. Because that grace part enables us to maintain that unity with God's help as we love on each other uh, with our grace gifts. But every one of us has a part here. No part is unimportant. All are crucial. And one of the most dangerous things in any church is when the body starts to look at whether it's leaders, uh, whether it's pastors, whether it's people that are in service, when they start to look at any one person or one part and they start to say, oh, you know, uh, uh, you're the body. And I tell you, um, as a pastor, I take that caution very seriously because when that's, uh, when congregations demand that from their leaders, or when a Christian leader tends to think that, well, now it's up to me for all of it, let me tell you something, those leaders will and they do fail. They can't do it. They're not intended for that purpose. Sure, the leaders have a special role. You saw Paul mention it in Ephesians. My primary responsibility to you guys is to help equip you through teaching to help equip you through teaching from God's Word for works of service. That's my job. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a knee. I don't know what that is. But that's my... What's your role? Because we're very different from each other. So many different opinions on so many things. You know? We even have Democrats here. Can you believe that? <laughs> Yeah, you don't even dare laugh about that, right? Because that's so, and you know what? I love that. I love that we do. There's even Steeler fans here. Okay, that's going way too far. And I love that about us because a diversified body is stronger. So long as its head is Christ, a diversified body is stronger because it doesn't have to try to get around on one foot or without a knee or try to pick up something without a hand or an elbow. There is strength in that diversity when it operates as one. And I love that. We learn from each other. We challenge each other. Uh, we help each other grow. Here's a big one we'll talk about next week. We help each other develop empathy for one another and for the world that don't yet know the Lord. That's a huge part of what comes out of our, our diversified unity. Last, while we are a church that needs to use our grace gifts in love and Christian community, and while we're a church where everyone needs to have a part to play, remember, all of this is describing what it means to find community. And in order to find community, in order to find something, what do you need to do? You've got to look for it, right? And that's up to you. That's up to each one of you. You know, there's a dangerous consumer mentality that has crept into the church. And it hasn't crept in, it's stormed in from our culture. 
And if you're like me, sometimes you go there in your heart and you think things like this. You know, that church, we've been going there for three months and there wasn't anything there for me. My needs weren't met. That pastor didn't feed me. They never sang country western praise songs. (laughs) I never found a place for me. And be careful. If you ever start to feel that way, please make this check before you storm out. Did you even look for a community? How hard did you look? And as far as your needs are concerned, how many needs of those around you did you help meet? How many people did you feed or minister to? I'll make you a promise. And I'm confident making this promise because it's not mine. It's God's promise. Do you want your needs met? I know I do. You know, the biblical way to find your needs met in this life is to be like Christ and in his most defining moment and foundational of who he is, he is the one that serves others. When you give of yourself, that's when you will find God meeting your needs. Jesus puts it this way. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life, for me, will preserve it. So West Bowles, so help us God, needs to be a place where people can find community, find meaningful relationships. But that begins, and it depends on you looking for it. And boy, I urge you to look for it here. And by the way, when you do, your own needs will be met. Remember our quiz? Same and different. Look around you. And and seriously, I I give you permission to turn around and look at someone in church. I know, we do. Just look around you. Please do. Just look at these other people. Look at them. Look at the choir in their robes. Aren't they awesome? Look around you. Now, you look at all these people What do you think? Birds of a feather? Or opposites attract? Both? Let me tell you, when it comes to all that truly matters in Christian community, when it comes to one body, one spirit, one hope, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of us all, birds of a feather, same Different parts, but one body. So let's each of us, shall we, my brothers and sisters, live according to the call we have been given here in this grace-given, loving community? Let's do that, so help us, God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, even as the ushers come forward to help us in our time of community around the Lord's table, Father, I want to thank you for giving us West Bulls Church and the opportunity that we have to find community here. And oh, Father, community can be scary, community can be painful, and the devil does everything he possibly can to keep us from finding meaningful relationships here. I'd ask that you would break through those barriers, that you would give all of us, beginning with me, that the humble guts to 
reach out and to pour our lives out for others, risking that we'll spend ourselves thin and relying on your promise, Father, that I ask you to keep, where you tell us that when we pour out to others, you will refill us moment by moment with your living water and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we will never run dry. Help us, Father, to do that here in Jesus' name, even as we remember now the one who gave his grace-given gifts, his very life to his community, including us here today. Father, I ask this in his name, in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.